following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. The sermon this morning is a continuation of a sermon series entitled Living in the Vine, based on Jesus' teaching where he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. We've noted in this series that the vine and branches image says that we will find fullness of life when we are connected to Christ. This gospel message that Christ brings spiritual life and wholeness is powerfully demonstrated in that gospel story that we just heard. Let's be for a moment in a spirit of prayer. May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The Gospel of John reports how Jesus encountered a lame man who was sitting by a pool of water. The pool was reputed to have healing qualities whenever the water was mysteriously disturbed. As many of you know, I will be leading a tour group to the Holy Land in the latter part of June during my last two weeks as the pastor here. And one of the places that we will be visiting is this pool. Unfortunately, there's no water in it anymore, so you can't take a dip. But it is important to know that these places that are described in the Bible do exist on the ground, and in many cases have been excavated by archeologists. The pool is a large structure with pillars and five porticos matching exactly the description and also the location given in the Gospel of John. It matches also the location on a fifth century map that directed early Christian pilgrims to the site. In the fifth century, the pool was still functional and early writings describe how the waters were periodically troubled. The place was called Bethesda, or Bethzatha in Hebrew. In Jesus' day, a great many people who were afflicted with various maladies gathered daily at the spot. From time to time, the water of the pool was stirred up. A mysterious rippling erupted in the pool. Scholars now believe that this was caused by the action of a subterranean spring, which flowed with irregular force into the pool. In Jesus' day, people imagined that the movement of the water was caused by some supernatural power. Perhaps it was an angel. And a superstition grew up that whenever the water was troubled, whoever entered the pool first would be healed of whatever infirmity the person had. It's easy to see how such a superstition, once it got started, might get perpetuated. As soon as the water started to bubble, mobs of people would go splashing into it. Perhaps in the excitement, someone would feel better and would cry out with exuberance. Of course, it would be assumed that that person had been the first one in the pool, and so the tradition would continue. One day, Jesus came by and encountered a man who had been lying there for a long time. He had had an infirmity for 38 years. When the water was troubled, he would try to get into the pool, but he had no friends to help him, and always someone else would get into the water first. Jesus said to the man, do you wish to be made well, 
Or another way to translate it would be, do you wish to be made whole? Man explained his predicament, how he was unable to get into the pool. Jesus did not help the man get into the pool. He said to him, rise, take up your mat and walk. And immediately we are told, the man was made well. He took up his mat and walked. In a way, the people around that pool can be seen to be representative of all humanity. All human beings are afflicted in one way or another with some kind of brokenness. People may have a physical problem, or they may suffer psychological or emotional pain. And in every person, there is an element of spiritual brokenness, reflecting all those ways that we are disconnected from God. There is therefore among all people a yearning for wholeness. In the midst of that human yearning, there are various pools, so to speak, that would claim to offer healing. There are places or methods or groups that would claim to provide the answer that you need. Lots of people will say to you, jump in here, buy this thing, subscribe to this ideology, join this movement, follow this guru, and you'll find what you require. But none of it really works. People can end up spending years in fruitless searching, just as the lame man struggled for a long time to try to find the answer to his problem at that pool. But in fact, the man did not need to be the first one in the pool. He did not need to get into the pool at all. What he needed was an encounter with Christ. A colleague of mine once told a story about how his father, who was one of those persons who could work wonders with wood, happened to be at the home of a woman one day who pointed out to him an old table in the corner of a room. The table was badly scarred and scratched. Its wobbly legs stuck out every which way, barely able to hold the thing up. The lady wondered if anything might be done with that old table or if she should just throw it out. The man looked at it and said to her, could I have that table for a while? He took it home, and with the skill of a craftsman, he labored over that little table. Several weeks later, he brought it back, and the woman was absolutely astonished. She scarcely recognized it. The legs stood firm and straight, and a beautiful finish had brought out deep hues in the wood. The table had become an object of such beauty and distinctiveness that the woman gave it a prominent place in her home. Christ looks at human beings and sees our brokenness. Christ sees the sort of mess that human lives can sometimes become. But as Christ looks at broken people, he says, can I have him or her for a while? And when Christ works in us, Christ can restore the scarred and battered places. Christ can put the pieces in our lives aright. Christ can bring out the true beauty that is in us. Christ makes people whole. But there's a key question that Christ would first ask us 
Do you wish to be made whole? Now, you might think that that question that Jesus posed to the lame man was purely rhetorical. The man was there for healing, was he not? But there's something deeper in the question. Jesus knew that change or, or healing for this man would mean change. It, made, it would mean a real transformation, a new way of living. Maybe the man did not want a new way of living. Maybe he'd gotten comfortable sitting next to the pool, making his livelihood by begging. Did he really wish to be made whole? There are many people today who think they want mental and physical wellness, but who do not really want the changes that that might entail. It's like the man who was told by his doctor that he needed to stop smoking, eat less, drink less, and start a regular program of exercise. The man decided that it was time for a change. He changed doctors. <laughs> well, some people go to church thinking they want spiritual wellness, but they do not want a church that would call them to make a change in their priorities, their attitudes, their prejudices, their allegiances, or their deep-seated cherished ideas. They just want a church that will reinforce how they are thinking and behaving already. Change may appear threatening, but the path to real wholeness requires that we allow Christ to steadily reshape our hearts and our minds. In the Gospel story, the man was radically changed. As Jesus said to him, rise, take up your mat, and walk, he received not only dramatic physical healing, but also a spiritual transformation. As the story progresses, we're told about where the man walked once he started to walk. He walked straight to the temple where he gave praise to God and he began to tell others about Jesus who had healed him. What a change of orientation that was. When he was at the pool, he and all the others there had been miserable and they had all been intent on their own healing. Each was trying to beat out the other to be the first one in the pool. Is that not emblematic of how human life often is? So often people are intent on achieving their own well-being, yet all the while they remain miserable and largely inattentive to the needs of others around them. But when the man was touched by Christ, he came to an entirely new direction in life. He became focused on God and on sharing the good news of Christ with others. This is the kind of change that happens in us as we become connected to the vine. We find wholeness in Christ and we become empowered by Christ to bear much fruit as Jesus says, bringing God's goodness to the world. Let us pray. O oh Lord, you look at our world so full of brokenness, and you see the brokenness that so often is within our own hearts and minds and lives. But Lord, just as you came to that man by the pool, you come to us with grace. You reach out to us with your healing touch 
inspire us, Lord, to receive in faith how your spirit would work within us with forgiveness, with renewal, with the power to raise us up, to enable us to truly walk as your disciples, to live as the people you've created us to be, people who share in the fullness of the love of God and who spread that love in the world. We thank you, Lord, that as you work in our lives, you draw us together into the fellowship of your church so that we are no longer alone. We're joined together in this community of faith where we can grow together in faith and we can reach out together in mission. We do pray for people in our fellowship who are in times of particular need. Remember those who are sick and pray especially this morning for Lee Hall, Gretchen Laughlin, and Greg Curtin, praying for your healing power. We pray for our larger church family and lift up this morning our fellow United Methodists at the Oak Chapel United Methodist Church. We thank you, Lord, for the many ways that we experience the movement of your spirit among us. We thank you for the witness of our children, for the witness of our youth coming to us next Sunday, the ways that we can reach out into our community in mission, and the ways we can reach out into the world at large. Inspire us, O oh Lord, today that we might be receptive as individuals and as a church to those changes that you are working among us that we might not fear change, but instead be receptive to how you are guiding us afresh to live as your people, to truly grow, and to live in the light of your everlasting promises. Lead us, O Lord, as we today would respond in faith and in commitment, and as we lift our hearts to you in praise. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kentmethodist.org.